Welcome to the Innovative Accountant Podcast, presented by Integrated Advisory by Wealthco. Join today's host and CPA, Tim Coatwell, for thought-provoking ideas, information, and best practices from leading experts focused on supporting the accounting profession and the integrated advisory community. We have a wonderful guest with us today, so let's get started. Welcome to the Innovative Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Coquell, and we have a very special guest with us today, Adrian Duffy, joining us from Edmonton, Alberta. Adrian is the co-founder and partner of Big Futures, Inc., which seeks to help individuals and organizations reach their potential through coaching and consulting to ensure true transformative change. For over 30 years, Adrian's been an innovative leadership coach, speaker, and consultant. She's an accomplished author, uh, she's recently written a book, Soul Sense, Your Breakthrough to Soulful Living and Leadership, also the co-author of Pathway to Freedom, a roadmap for individuals and organizations who choose to be entrepreneurial in spirit and action. She's produced two Moon Project films with her business uh, that have been shared around the world. And in her free time, when she has free time, Adrian uh, leads a workshop for hundreds of entrepreneurs through Strategic Coach, which she's been involved in for over 20 years. Most importantly, we've known Adrian for a long time at Wealthgo. Uh, she's helped our team do leadership retreats, helped us one-on-one. -on -one. She's a wonderful lady, a great friend, and I'm. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have uh, you on the show with us today, Adrian. So thank uh, you, Tim. Thank you so much. Wow, it's awesome to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been a little while. You, we usually have our quarterly retreats. We've been kind of missing those with. Uh, getting down to Phoenix. It's been a little challenging with everything going on in the world today. Yes, we've all had to change and adapt to a new way of doing business and live in this more virtual realm. But it's been amazing how the entrepreneurial community has really stepped up with this challenge. In particular, it's just been amazing to watch. It has been for sure. And uh, yeah, so Adrian, getting getting started here with our audience. Uh, let's <laughs> Talk a little bit about your background, your history. Uh, how did you, I always like to ask our guests where their passion came from for what they do. How did, how did you get into business coaching and life coaching? Well, I mean, it depends on how far back we want to go here, Tim, <laughs> but um, essentially my first career was as a performing artist. And I played in a symphony orchestra, the Civic Orchestra of Chicago. And I just loved teaching music. I loved performing, but I loved teaching music. And I loved helping my students realize their potential. If, how far could they let their creativity go? How much could they express themselves? And that led me to learning about the motivational speaking world, which back then, many, many years ago, was just really emerging. And I met a motivational speaker that was a prodigy of Earl Nightingale that lived in Canada. In fact, um, there was a number of motivational speakers right here in Alberta in the day. Brian Tracy lived here, a guy named Val Vandewal, uh, Bob Proctor, who was from Ontario, but still very involved. Um, and so I mentored under a few of these people and realized that as wonderful as motivation is, and we all want to get really inspired, and I loved that whole arena what was really important was the sustainability of it. And there needed to be a process behind the motivation, a process behind the inspiration. And that led me to coaching, which was an emerging field at the time, first consulting, then, con then into coaching. Uh, and I just loved the fact that in this arena, I could touch so many various different kinds of individuals, organizations that was transcendent of the music arena that I really got my start in. So that's how I got here. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, the music connection. I know that you've had uh, both you and your husband, Patrick, have had a, a lot of interest <laughs> in music over the years. And uh, your, your company, Big Futures, let's talk about that. When, when did you found Big Futures? Well, Big Futures, uh, the original name of Big Futures, Inc. was Corporate Growth Management Consultants, and that was founded about 34 years ago. I can't even believe it, but it's been all those years. Uh, and in the day, what we were really striving to was to integrate that idea of inspiration and motivation into process and really help organizations grow and scale. So the name, Corporate Growth Management Consultants, was kind of the name in what we did. Uh, what we realized is that we didn't want a limitation in the name. 
of our business. And we wanted to have a larger umbrella under which we could really explore and innovate and create value because over time, the field of consulting became commoditized and we had to be nimble and really, you know, kind of deal with that. And so we rebranded under Big Futures Inc. and then our other brands underneath that. And um, that just created an opportunity for us to really serve a variety of organizations. In the early days of our company, we actually focused on very large corporate entities. Uh, we were very big in the automotive industry, Ford, GM, okay. Chrysler. I don't even know if you knew that, Tim. No. Uh, no I was no. kind of the go-to consultant <laughs> in the auto industry in the day. Yeah, uh, but great. what we realized is that when economic downturns happen, you also need to address your market and what your focus is and how you can create value. And it was a lot better to have a relationship with the CEO of an organization uh, than to have a relationship with the head of HR. Uh, ideally, you have a relationship with both if the organization has both, uh, but we pivoted in those days, and this is probably well, well over 20 years ago now, purely to supporting privately held enterprises to grow their leadership, grow their organization, grow their value proposition to really go to the highest level that they could in realizing the fullest potential of that organization. Well, that's, uh, you know, obviously had the, the large and the small experience with these companies. I'm sure uh, both were very rewarding. And you, you founded the company with, with your husband, Patrick. Uh, talk a little bit about how that went. That's, uh, that's always <laughs> a, an interesting mix I'm interested in hearing about. Like how it went or how it's yeah, still, just, how yeah, it's you're still, still going. Together, you're, <laughs> you know, business and life integrating. You guys have obviously done a great job of making that work. Yeah, well, and family and, it, you know, yeah. for the, you know... For the right person, it's the most wonderful organizing structure, and it was right for us. Uh, Patrick and I have incredibly solid core values that we both ascribe to. We're both very entrepreneurial. We are both interested in innovation. We're both interested in helping people realize their potential. So there's always been a tremendous amount of synergy between us. And it just worked for us to start and grow the business together. In the early days, we did a lot more together uh, in our business. Today, we do. However, we have very separate focuses. Uh, we do jointly work on a number of our clients. As a matter of fact, we've had clients almost since we started. Probably our longest term client is consecutively that 34 years, which is amazing. Wow. And yeah. the cool thing is, is that over time, we can go back and forth. Sometimes what he brings to the table is what's really needed in that organization at the time. Sometimes what I bring to the table is what's needed. And we're really able to grow it together. And we love the synergy of our skill set and being able to do that. It, it's so, been really so fun. Talk a little bit about that. So you're unique, we, we, you know, when being in strategic coach myself <laughs> and having the benefit of experiencing that with you and other coaches through that program, they talk a lot about unique ability. So as you look at you and Patrick, you mentioned some differences in unique talents. Talk a little bit about that. So what is what is your passion? What is your unique ability as you're dealing with the, the coaching world? Well, I you know, and that's a good point because that concept that emerged out of strategic coaches really ultimately about inspiration and passion. So it's been very synergistic for me. But essentially what that means is that it's a, a big invitation for individuals to find those activities in life that open a door for the best of who they are to really shine through. And so that unique ability is present or that unique passion and ability is present within a person. They just need through the course of their life to kind of target the areas where that can express, express itself. For me, it's always been about supporting people to realize their full potential, just to unlock that uh, and help them really step into it, overcome the fears or whatever it might be, whatever the roadblocks might be for them to live their best life and realize their fullest potential. So obviously there's two sides to that. We have a professional side and a personal side. Uh, in my business, Big Futures, we're working a lot with organizations to help the organization realize its potential, to help the leaders within the organization realize the potential, and help the visionary that founded the company to really bring it along or to go through the appropriate transition 
that they need to go through once they've seen it to a point where they're ready, they're really ready to let go. So this is the long journey of realizing potential. And that absolutely just jazzes me every day to be well, able to do that. I've personally in our company has experienced your superpower in helping people realize <laughs> their potential. So thank you, Adrian. We, uh, we definitely see it in you and, and you bring the best out in us. So um, I, I totally get that. Stra strategic coach, let's talk about that. You've been involved with strategic coaches and organization for over 20 years, a long time. H how did you get involved with that organization? You've kind of almost been with them since the beginning, I think. Talk a little bit about what they do and what your role is in that. In that yeah, group. no, it's been amazing, Tim. I It's, it's one of those ser serendipitous, maybe a stroke of luck in life. Um, but I met Dan Sullivan, the founder of Strategic Coach, when it was first starting out over 30 years ago. And it was one of those soul things, I think. It was just like, I need to, I need to join this program. And in part, it was based on a very personal experience. My father was an entrepreneur, but he didn't become an entrepreneur until he was in his 50s. And he was 40 when I was born, so I was 10 years old. And he he's just was such a dynamic entrepreneur, but it also led to a lot of stress-related illnesses. Um, and living that in the family, you know, I always looked to the idea of entrepreneurship as something that I wanted to aspire to, but also I realized through my dad's journey, the danger of that, you know, if you didn't keep your life in center. And right. Strategic Coach is a place that an entrepreneur can go, an independent entrepreneur can go and be with other entrepreneurs that are really trying to sort that out. How do you live the full life of being both an entrepreneur and an incredibly successful entrepreneur? Because you can't even get into the program if you're not. Right. Uh, but then on the other side, have a life, have the relationships, have the family, and really keep both of those two things in balance. So when I heard about the fact that you could actually put boundaries around time for both business and personal, which we call free time, uh, and then focus time in the business in our strategic coach uh, framework, I was just struck by it right away. And so I joined the program as an entrepreneur. And it was just at the time also when it was starting to explode. A lot of network of entrepreneurs were starting to come together and were really interested in what was being promoted within the strategic coach. And so I was invited to be the first coach after Dan Sullivan in the U.S. Oh, wow. yeah. And since I'm a dual citizen, I was able to cross border and do the U.S. work. And I started taking on groups over 26 years ago, believe it or not. And in fact, some of the entrepreneurs that I started with are still in the program and I still know them and work with them every quarter. And it's just a wonderful community to grow your life in uh, and really support us with those entrepreneurial principles that will help us do that, you know, kind of balance of life and business and being a huge success in both. Yeah, no, it's it's a wonderful program. Um, we've been heavily involved in it through WealthCo for you know over ten years, and would highly recommend it to any entrepreneurs out there, any listeners. Uh, check out Strategic Coach. You get the benefit of having amazing people like Adrian, Chad Johnson, who was a coach that I had worked with. Um, just a, a lot of talented people that help open your mind. And I think the other opportunity, as you said, Adrian, you're you're in there with a group of maybe you know, 30 to 50 other entrepreneurs, and you get a lot of great perspective oh. just from their experience across different industries. So yeah, fantastic program. Um, yeah. yeah, so let's, let's shift gear, gears a little bit here and get to, you know, some more takeaways for our listeners. As, as you know, the Innovative Accountant podcast is geared at the accounting community. And we just, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the recording here in May. And, uh, uh, they've just got through tax season and <laughs> yes. they're probably taking a deep breath and wondering what's next. But, you know, they, they spend so much time from January through to the end of April working in their business that thinking even about on the business and what the future looks like just isn't even there's no time for it. But now they have some time. So let's let's talk a little bit about that and how you help businesses, firms, you know, accounting firms set their vision, set their strategy. Talk about the Moon Project and some of the work that you've done there and, and where that comes from. Uh, love to. Um, so you brought up the Moon Project and under the umbrella of Big Futures Inc., this is a brand that we founded probably about 15 years ago. 
And our intent in founding the Moon Project was to create an organizing structure for privately held businesses or professional services organizations like accounting firms uh, to really look at, wow, what is that big, big vision that they can hold? And what we found is that you can have the vision, but to sustain a vision, you actually need to bring inspiration into it because that's your sustainable force. Uh, to really sustain through the ups and downs and around and around that it takes to get to the next level. And so we found that the metaphor of going to the moon was a very, very powerful metaphor for people of all ages, backgrounds, ethnic groups, you name it, everyone could kind of relate to it. Mm -hmm. So we actually were pioneers in the idea of using the moonshot as a way to really bring organizations into their vision. Uh, and so we started launching these programs and organizations. So as you talked about coming off of, you know, this very tactical focused period, it's all about the next day and, you know, getting the next return done or the next whatever it would take to serve our clients during this period of time, which is very diverse. Uh, and so it's at this kind of time when you're coming off of it, to your point, Tim, that it's nice to get out of this day to day and breathe some rarefied air of the vision of a potential future. And so the idea of what would it mean to just go beyond, go to your moon, like go to the next yeah. level, right? Yeah. And so that's essentially, you know, what we really talk about now. It's great to have a vision, uh, but we need to have a strategy that drives it, which is another part of you know, our accountants really starting to work on their business is once we create a vision, we need to be strategic about it and really look at what the goals and objectives are that are going to get us there and then harness the energy of the team to be accountable. In fact, that's our model, vision, strategy, accountability. It's a triangle. Uh, and then in the middle, um, it's powered by inspiration because that's what we learned is the missing ingredient for a lot of organizations is they don't have that inspiration to keep powering it. And so once that vision is established and uh, we're clear about it as an entrepreneur, it's really important to communicate it. And that's where a company like Big Futures comes in. Many entrepreneurs have this unbelievable, incredible vision in their head, um, but they really need to be focusing on leading it, not facilitating it. And letting go and being able to bring a facilitator in to help with the team, bring the vision in, help often the entrepreneur articulate that vision, and then really bring that out to the team because it's about alignment at that point. And you can't have accountability without alignment. You need to have the alignment of all of the team to see what that vision is so that they can execute on the strategy day to day. We are going to get back to the interview in just a moment. If you are listening to this episode of the podcast and wondering what you can do today to transform your CPA practice, I have a free resource I want to share with you. It's called the Integrated Advisory Video Series. This eight-part video series shares our learnings over the past 20 years of how successful accounting firms are increasing revenue by offering a more holistic service offering to their clients. You will walk away with a firm understanding of the immediate changes that are happening in the accounting industry and the impact that they will have on your firm in the future. How successful independent accounting firms are broadening their service offerings and offering a better client experience without increasing their billable hours. And how you can become your client's most valued advisor by being at the core of their wealth management team. To get access to this free eight-part video series, visit integratedadvisory.ca. That's integratedadvisory.ca to learn how you can grow your firm without burning out or increasing your billable hours. Visit integratedadvisory.ca and get free access to the video series today. Now back to our guest. Yeah, I, you know, as a, as a group and a company that's experienced the facilitation that you've done, Adrian, that makes a huge difference. You know, when David UDR, President um, used to facilitate in the past, it's really tough because you're trying to keep the day going, yet you've got one of the most creative uh, people that's sort of tied up in logistics. And I think that's a, there's some huge value in being able to have somebody like you with your skill set 
guide conversations to allow people to stay creative. So yeah, thanks again for that and for sharing that with, with uh, our audience. The other, the other thing, we, we did go through your moon project exercise and I think it was fantastic because normally, and talk to this a little bit, like most companies are going, well, you know, if we just grow by 5% or, you know, if we, they think that that's the vision. If we grow our revenue to X dollars, um, Talk a little bit about this concept, and it is a strategic coach concept, but this 10 times concept and the power of 10 times, the power of going to the moon, why that changes and gets different creative uh, juices flowing for companies. Yeah, well, I think first of all, it's activating the passion of what's possible. You know, if you take the word impossible and you put a little quote mark just over um, after the I am, it's I'm possible. Like entrepreneurs are about making the impossible possible. Uh, they have a big vision to do that. Uh, now, you know, how do we break it down? And that's where it gets really interesting. And if I kind of reflect back to, you know, some of those original meetings that I had with David, uh, it was we had these really great conversations about as a visionary of this organization. And I think a lot of times in, you know, especially coming off of this period for accountancy firms, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that you're the visionary. Right. It's easy to forget that you're the person that's actually going to drive this organization into the future. And so it's like a reckoning. It's a reminder that we need to be able to do that. So we project out what's unique about what we did with David and with your organization is that you write the story. So you cast the vision, but you write the story. And to your point, it's not just about a number. It's not just about a percentage of growth. It's about, and we usually split it into three sections, the story, you know, what does it mean in terms of the team, you know, and their growth and, and in the heart of that entrepreneur, what is really important in, and, and maybe that entrepreneur's partners in the case of your organization, what's really important to all of you in terms of growing a team? And what does it mean in terms of the value offering? Because we can't be successful as an entrepreneur if we're not creating value. Let's just get that right clear up right. front, right? <laughs> and so what is the value offering? How are we going to continue to innovate? I mean, that's a topic of this podcast. How are you going to continue to innovate and stay abreast of all the changes that are happening in the world and create value for your target audiences out in the world? That is absolutely crucial. What's the story about that in achieving the vision? And then what does growth look like? You know, right. what are some of the key parameters of growth? And once we have a story in place, which we articulated, then you can start to really deploy it to the other team members. And when you hit, hit the magic point where you have a team member that like loves that vision, loves that story, they want to be part of this, then you coalesce together and you're on mission. And so when you hit the roadblocks or hit an obstacle, you can keep, keep moving, you can keep sustaining it. Yeah, and we're, we'll talk in a moment about the importance of team and the right people and how you make sure of that in a moment. But I, I want to sort of talk again about a little bit about this, uh, this vision in accounting firms. You know, I, I think I, I go back to my background. I grew up in an accounting family. And I think part of the reason I ended up in accounting was because there was always going to be work. Yeah. You know, there's always tax returns that need to get filed and accounting work needing, needing to be done. And I think as a profession you can get pretty complacent with that being the vision that you, you know, you show up to work, you're going to get referrals, clients are going to come in the door. Um, but I think that's changing. And I know, I know you've worked with accounting firms for a long time and understand that industry. Well, what are, what are some of the mindsets that you see needing to shift and the importance of vision today? There is a lot of disruption going on in that community. How, how do you see that playing out right now? Well, a couple of things. First of all, if I look at patterns and, you know, certainly, especially in my strategic coach world, there's been a plethora of different kinds of accountants that I've worked with, you know, U.S., uh, Canada, for sure. And, you know, I think it's an appropriate thought is that there are really two kinds of accountants. There are accountants that are accountants meaning like it's 100% about the field of endeavor and what they learn, to your point, Tim. Uh, but then there's entrepreneurs that have a specialty in accounting. And right. I think that that's an important delineation. It doesn't in any way undermine or 
diminish the importance of the profession and the professionalism that's required as an accountant or anyone in professional services, but this is our focus today. Um, however, those organizations that are accountant firms that have actually survived during volatility and change and disruption are ones that balance both the profession with the entrepreneurial innovation, change, adapting. I mean, when I started as a coach, there was no software package that did a tax return. There wasn't. Right. They didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so there are many elements and, and there's and in fact, a lot of professional services individuals thought that they would be exempt from that kind of technology commoditization forever. And I have watched this happen over a period of many years where things, value offerings that organizations had big bucks coming in for got commoditized, right. whether it was by a software package or a bigger player coming in. And if, if that organization didn't have some energy, a percentage of energy in vision and innovation and learning and growth, they, they lost their market share. So that gets right. to your question about mindset, Tim, because, mm -hmm. you know, we need to be able to say, hey, change is imminent, change is going to happen, disruption happens, it's a given, and it's accelerated through technology. That's a given. So we, you know, we're going to take a certain percentage of our energy and really focus on the profession. We need to, because that's a big part of our value offering. But can we always free up energy to innovate? to think differently, to be learn, creative. be creative. You know, I love the name of this podcast, the innovative, right? <laughs> Accountant, because it's so important. And I've just seen many, many individuals in this industry kill it. Like one of my favorite stories is, uh, you know, Gary Boomer, Boomer Consulting in the US. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No, no. Um, you know, he was a cohort of mine in Strategic Coach some years ago, you know, running an accountancy business and just came up with an incredible way of running the business and started to package that incredible way of running the business. And now it's one of the most successful consultancy firm for really high-end accountant practices in the United States. In fact, I still coach his son who in strategic coach who is, you know, pretty much taken over much of the business. It has just exploded. And the point I'm making here is that the industry became the client, not the competitor. Right. <laughs> you know, other accountants are now his clients. That would yeah. never have happened if he stayed complacent because I was with him when that whole regime of technology came into play that started to commoditize accountancy firms. Right. So he innovated and now he actually serves a very industry that was his competition at one point in time. I mean, that's like a big story of what you can do. It's not necessarily for every one of our listeners, but the point of the matter is they're inspiring stories. Right. You know, well, and they're de and they're dedicating the time to be creative. And I think, you know, the word creative in an account sometimes doesn't, you know, people, there's stereotypes. <laughs> Which part of the brain are we working on here, right? <laughs> Left brain or right like the brain? Are, yeah, but I think, you know, innovative, progressive accountants understand that they are entrepreneurial. They're going to take time to set the vision, look into the future. How do they change? How do they stay ahead of it? And obviously you and your company do a great job in helping them do that. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about the Nexus project. And you, you've sort of evolved your company, you know, clear on that moon project, the, the business, the results. Let's talk about Nexus now. Why, why, why the change to Nexus? Yeah. So, you know, if I go back 15 years ago, moon project, you have a period of time. It's growing, growing, growing. Then all of a sudden, oh, Amazon has a moonshot. Google has a moonshot. Peter DeMontis is talking about moonshots. And yeah. the very thing that we were pioneering in many years before, the, the concept was starting to get commoditized. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we were awake to that. That's an important word. We were awake to what was going on. We were watching the trending. Uh, and so we started to think, okay, if we were going to rebrand our business outside of the Moon Project, which is all about those moon shots and, right. and, and the inner plumbing that it takes to actually do it, which is a big deal, 
Um, what we realized is that we had a lot of experience over all those years, all the way back to corporate growth management consultants, helping organizations grow and scale. I mean, huge stories, like from 30 million to 600 million, some of our, our clients. Wow. I mean, we've yeah. had some big, huge success stories. Um, but what was what are the common patterns? And I'd love for our listeners to think about that thought. What are the patterns that you're seeing? Because this is when you start to be awake and aware of what's going on. What are the patterns that you're seeing? And one of the patterns that we started to talk about, Patrick and I, was that, in fact, going to the moon is a form of growth. It has to do with outer growth. It has to do with the aspiration, like Let's go as far as we can go. However, all of our clients that stood the test of time and got to the moon and then went to Jupiter or whatever the next name was going to be that was their metaphor to grow had a different kind of growth as well. And that was inner growth, inner growth on an organizational level, which had to do with how people treated each other in the company. What was the culture like? Mm -hmm. All of those elements. And then you had individual leaders within the company. And we have a very broad definition of leadership. It's people that are leading their role. You know, so almost anyone in a company can be a leader. Um, what's going on with the leadership and the inner growth of those individuals? And we realized that to, to sustain that growth over the long haul, it required both outer growth and inner growth. So the Nexus project was born of that idea that it takes outer growth, which is a moon project, and inner growth, which is really focusing on the most important elements of that core foundation. And so the Nexus is an integration of the two. And we rebranded a few years ago, and it's been incredibly sticky <laughs> with our clients. They're loving it because it's just taken the moon project to another level, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's broadened the depth. Now, there's another reason why this is so important, another pattern that we saw is that volatility and change was speeding up due to many factors, globalization, technology, the acceleration, all of those kinds of things. During volatility and change, if you don't have a solid core of inner growth in your organization and the leaders within your organization, you just fall apart when the volatility and change hits. Right. Yep. You know, And that's when things get a little bit wonky and so the sustainability of the both and proposition of outer growth and inner growth has been very powerful. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and your your logo with the Nexus is amazing. I, I think you did an awesome job. <laughs> on it. Aww, thanks. But I want just explain, you know, we've talked about polarities and, you know, that's also important part when you look at a Nexus and you look at a polarity the strength in the middle. Just talk a little bit about polarities. And I and maybe let's let's compare that back to the accounting community. What are some of the polarities that we see in, in that industry? Yeah. And, and you know, just to explain a little bit about the polarity we're talking about. And mm -hmm. if if our listeners that are listening are uh, and not watching, you just imagine an infinity symbol, you know, mm -hmm. a Mobius strip, this constant flow of energy. And so the, the logo that Tim is talking about is an infinity symbol, and it represents, you know, one side is red, one side is blue, the red side is outer growth, the blue side is inner growth. So it's a both-and proposition, and the nexus is at the middle, where you find your equilibrium between the two. You need both, and sometimes you'll lean more into one, and sometimes you'll lean more into the other. But if we do one to the neglect of the other, eventually the other will call. So think about inner growth in an organization. Like if you only focus on inner growth, then eventually you're going to have to focus on outer growth because you don't have another sale. Right. <laughs> and then on the other hand, if you only focus on the next sale, you know, and you're killing everybody in the company, you know, right. you've got to start focusing on inner growth. So if we lean that idea into accountancy firms, there's myriad. I mean, one of my favorites is the stereotype of the accountant. You know, it's all about the numbers, but what yeah. about the relationship? Right. You know, what about the relationship with client? There's a polarity. It needs to be a both end. We need to be very skilled at the profession and very skilled, the highest level at creating a relationship. Uh, we talked about one earlier, just we've kind of been dancing around it a bit, but we need to have incredible founded systems and processes 
to really deliver the highest level of value, but we also need to have flexibility and mm-hmm. innovation. And one without the other doesn't work. So essentially in polarity theory, which I've studied extensively, and if you want to learn more about it, uh, Barry Johnson has got some great books out there, Polarity Management. It's just incredible. I'm very passionate about this because what, what it does is it creates an opportunity for us to get interdependent pairs that are opposites to work together. Hello. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice in the world, <laughs> right? You know, and so, you know, this is very important in any kind of firm, you know, to really look at where where are we having biases or polarizing happening in an organization and how can we get an aligning vision to pull those together? It could be those individuals that are client facing and those individuals that never see clients in our in our coach methodology, Tim, we call it front stage, backstage, but front facing the back office often go at odds. Right. You know, but they need each other. You can't have one without the other. You could have the best, you know, front facing team and horrible systems in the backstage and it just doesn't work. You could have the best systems in the world in the backstage and no really great connection and relationship with the client in terms of the value. So you're always playing the two together and watching the two together. Yeah, it's it's such a timely conversation because, you know, as you look at the world today, it just seems like they're, it's becoming more and more polarized. Yeah. You know, opinions are stronger. They're, you know, further to the side. Um, and, you know, in, in being in the wealth management business and, and working through accounting firms, we understand in working with clients that usually the best answer is not on one side or the other. It's usually somewhere in the middle. It's where there's balance. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that is oftentimes a bit of a struggle within the accounting community is that balance and finding it, um, you know, being uber professional versus being concerned about selling, um, accountant versus entrepreneur, selling time versus value. There's a number of these polarities um, that come to play. And so in your experience, what are, what are you, you talked about that one firm in the U.S. What are, what are some of the things... How do you create mindsets around that? Around is it first just becoming aware of polarities? What? Yeah. How do, how do you help companies sort of address that? Well, you know, I call it sort of the drip method, you know, because this is big thinking and it's an invitation not only to have big thinking but to really invite someone to think about their thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and and so first is to understand the philosophy that you need both. So here's the deal. If you have a problem to solve, solve the problem. It's black and white. One, two, three, A, B, C, one plus one is equal to two. Like if it's black and white, if it's a problem, solve it. Most, what we learned, Patrick and I, is that most organizational problems are not black and white. And if you pair it away, most often it's rooted in a polarity. And when strategic tension gets to the point where polarization, which is a word we use to describe the negative side of the polarity conversation, where the two sides are pulling apart so hard it's going to break, is that we need to question our assumption on the other side of our bias. Can we embrace the other side? And even if we don't have a strong, fervent belief in that, can we be open to learn about that other side or appreciate what the other side brings? And when that happens, when we can have that conversation, we come together. So as we're dripping in first, what is polarity? What does it mean? And then we start to look within the company what are the polarities that are present? And usually there's two or three polarities mm-hmm. that are present within any organization that we're working with. And then we start to map it and talk right. about it and talk about the, the, the absolute necessity of both sides and how do we keep the upsides of both. And then being aware of the warning signals of when we might be dipping into the downside of overusing one of them to the neglect of the other. And what that does over time, and it does take time, awareness starts to pop. But the other piece is we open up a language that is so powerful that the team can now come together in the middle, like you were talking about, Tim, and really start to have very important conversations about 
that it is both and. We need both. They're interdependent. That's the deal. It's not a problem to solve. It's a polarity to leverage. And if we can leverage the polarity, you like you can go way beyond the moon on that one. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's so true. And just even you sharing that concept with our team over the years um, has made such a difference. But it is a drip approach, as you say. It's t- took a little bit of time to kind of understand it, apply it. Um, but now we find ourselves talking about polarities at different times and it's, it's very powerful. So yes, that's, thank you for sharing that. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk while we're talking about team. Let's, let's move into a discussion around, you mentioned culture, the importance of that, um, you know, lots of firms. So they've set their vision. They got this moon project. They're thinking about strategy. Um, but often they start with the how. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's how do we solve this? How do we do this? How, you know, the how is the first thing that comes to mind, especially for accountants, because they're intelligent people. They can deal with complex issues, put a lot of things together. They, they believe they can solve the how in a lot of cases. But maybe that isn't quite the right first place to start. So talk a little bit about your understanding on the who, maybe, and let's let's go through that a bit. Yeah, well, and I think what you're kind of alluding to uh, here, Tim, just in a simple way, is a concept that came out of Strategic Coach called Who Not How. And if any of our listeners are interested in it, there's a great book that was published um, just a little under a year ago on this concept. Uh, but it came from years of entrepreneurial risk-taking and endeavoring, and this next big vision can actually shut the entrepreneur or the visionary down because a part of their brain, once they cast a vision, which is imagination and that rarefied space, that can be really fun. We can get right into the mindset of, oh my God, how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. And it, we talked a little bit earlier about unique ability. So if we don't have the skill set, the ability, the competencies, the passion, the innate capability, to do the how for that vision, and this is true for anyone, it can shut you down. So what we started to play with, which has been really fun, and this is what uh, you're alluding to, Tim, is once we cast the vision, rather than saying, how are we gonna do this? We pivot immediately to who is the best person to do this, right? To help with the how. To help with the how. <laughs> Who is the yeah. best person to do the how? Hello, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, in its simplicity, there's a lot of magic in this idea, you know, because if you have, and we all know this, like all of us have had that amazing team member who just got it, was a self-leader, was accountable, bought into the vision, aligned to it, and took it over and took it way beyond anywhere we could have imagined, Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. That's the perfect kind of who <laughs> that we yeah. want to get in place. So it, it's really helpful. And from a cultural point of view, which you were alluding to, uh, if we want to scale and grow, it's really important that we address the kind of who's that are going to get us there uh, that can do the how that's necessary. Um, what that requires often, though, especially as an organization is scaling, is that if they're putting too much undue challenge on certain team members to do the how that's not within their set of abilities, that can really shut down some of the team members. And in fact, I mean, there was, I don't know, a gazillion years ago, some of our listeners would remember the Peter principle. You promote someone into their incompetence is essentially what that was all about, (laughs) right? So now we ask this person to do this and this and this and this. And before you know it, we aren't getting the maximum out of that person. And right. so the people that take you from A to B sometimes take you from B to C and C to D, but sometimes they're not. And right. we need to let go and then in, you know, either free them or keep them in roles that are more appropriate to what they love to do and their passion and their competencies. Mm-hmm. And then really start to build the right who team that's going to take us to the moon and to the next big goals of our vision. Yeah, I I think, you know, you've worked with large and small companies. And I think as, you know, small companies grow, you know, we've experienced that in our growth. You kind of are a jack of all trades in the early days. Oh, yeah. You're you're used to doing it all. So you become the how. Like it's out of necessity in a lot of cases. But I think you get to a certain stage where, 
those habits can start to get in the way, right? Like it's just, you think you can do it, you've had success. So you, you just naturally gravitate to, I'm the one to solve the problem. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's being aware of that or awake to that, as you said, <laughs> and uh, being able to go, no, we've got we've to now look at, at the who at different stages of growth. Yeah. And letting, you know, and that requires us to question our own habits, to your point, Tim. Uh, and then being willing to let go and really empowering mm-hmm. others to do that, which is why it's nice to have an organizing structure under which this can all happen. So right. if you have the vision and then you have the strategy and you've got alignment and people are inspired and accountable to that vision, then people can come together and grow together. And that's that inner growth, outer growth piece that, that is really so important. But here's the point. It evolves. Right. You know, if we stay in stasis, it, changing. yeah, just yeah. like, you know, there's a point in time where it does have to evolve. And, you know, guess what? You know, as business leaders or the visionary or the founder or wherever our listeners are coming from, it doesn't matter because we all evolve. And right. as we evolve, we need to shift and change our mindsets and then really change the behaviors that are resultant in that shift of mindset. Right. So that, that, um, so we've talked about the who, the importance of the right people. You got to trust in the who. And there are some things that, that you do that you're certified in. Let, let's talk a little bit about print. Let's talk about Colby. Um, how important tools like that are in finding the right who? Yeah. So what we're talking about here is different kinds of assessments that you can actually utilize within the organization that create a very powerful language so that the team can work effectively together. It just completely expedites a a communication. Uh, So I've been very passionate about these tools. I had training in DISC 100 years ago, it feels like, but it was actually about 35 years ago. It was the first tool that I had was DISC. It's very mainstream today, but I had it when it was hot off the press. So I have curated and watched various different tools. And my belief is, is that there is no tool that gives us the entire, entire read on a person or what we're trying to assess. So what I've looked for is ones that take a slice of something that it measures the best and then synergize them together. And so Tim talked about PRINT, which stands for Motivational Imprint, and that is one that I've worked with for about eight years. But I had been looking for way more than eight years for one to crack this nut. And essentially what PRINT cracks the nut on is what is the motivational energy and pattern that a person needs to be able to bring their best out. And I had never found anything else that dealt with motivation. There are hundreds out there that deal with personality, Myers-Briggs, True Colors, DISC is another one, uh, Clifton Strengths is a great one, Predictive Index, the Culture Index, it goes on and on and on. And they're all wonderful and I use many of them. Uh, but what I was looking for is how do you crack the nut on motivation? Because here's the deal, guys, you don't see motivation. Mm-hmm. You see a person strive and you see the energy of their motivation come through it once they do decide to strive and take action. But until a person is motivated to take that action, it remains dormant in a person, which is why as business leaders, it's so hard because how do you motivate? How many times have we heard this, Tim? How do I motivate that person? Yeah. So print cracks that nut. What is the motivational needs of the individuals that we have in the culture within our organization? And how can we work together with all of these lovely different motivational patterns to seize and capture the energy of how that motivation brings forth into how they take action? So then you talked about Colby. Let's take another slice. So once a person decides to take action, then they strive. They take that action. And this is a very very targeted psychometric assessment that looks at the parameters of how a person takes action and what are the elements of how they take action. And so when you marry those two, it's very powerful because you absolutely get an incredible read on the inner workings of that person. Those two things that you and I just talked about are factory installed. 
We don't, right. it's, those aren't the ones that you could go, oh, I just want to change up how I approach mm -hmm. something. Or even introversion, extroversion, which Myers-Briggs measures, you know, there is a scale throughout our life. But when it comes to what print is measuring and Colby is measuring, that doesn't change. It's factory right. installed. So understanding that within the culture of our team helps to strengthen the inner growth of the culture and helps us come together better, even with diverse interests or biases that we talked about earlier, to be able to work well together. And when there is strategic tension, which by the way is necessary, a certain amount to grow, can't grow without tension. Sorry to say it, but it's gotta be there. It's just right. that we want it to be strategic tension, not toxic tension. Right. Right. Those instruments help us relieve what could go to the toxic tension into strategic tension. We can work together again and then we release it and move forward. And then we can marry that with some of those other really great assessments out there like Clifton Strengths or Myers Briggs mm -hmm. that more measure personality. There's one for like even, you know, how great of a salesperson are you? I mean, you target those particular instruments to measure what you're looking for. But what they do is they create that language and the simplicity of the language, if it's a good one, just really the team starts to be able to talk about it. And I think some of the fun that I've had with it is it leads to a sense of humor about things. You know, right. and you could just laugh. I'm sure that, you know, you and your team kind yeah. of laugh about it sometimes. It, like, yeah. well, there Tim goes with his yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it definitely... Um gives you, I love the comment about it gives you a language. And, and I think really uh, my experience with it is it, it builds compassion. Yes. Because I, I think that the reality is we, we don't really understand why people do what they do. And, you know, everybody gets frustrated at times, but understanding that they might be a fact find or a quick start with Colby or, um, you know, they, they want to enjoy life uh, with print or there's other, other other uh, uh, scores that come out of these things, it just helps you understand what really motivates and drives people to do yeah. what they do. And it, it creates a lot more compassion, as you say, to deal with those toxic tensions. So it's been a great program. I highly recommend it to anybody to reach out to Adrian. She's been instrumental in us getting to understand that. Let, let's, let's talk while we're on people here. Let's, accountants have just gone through busy season wiped out long hours. You <laughs> uh, mentioned, you mentioned free days. Let's talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial time system. Let's just take a minute on that just so we can touch on it. Yeah. So this, you know, of course is from our strategic coach, uh, connection. Uh, it's a very, very powerful framework that you learn about when you go to strategic coach. Uh, essentially it was built around the need for entrepreneurs to put a sense of order around their time. And you made this point a little bit earlier, Tim, uh, you know, the entrepreneur just does it, does whatever it takes, does whatever it takes, does whatever it takes to get it to the next level and the next level. And eventually they have to pair away. But at that point of knowing that they need to do that, they've reached what we call a ceiling of complexity. Right. And in that ceiling of complexity, there's a couple of factors that are at play. One of, one of them is that they've let down all boundaries around time. You know, they are just completely reactive to any input that's coming to them. And so what we want to do is put a structure around the time. And the first thing we need to do, to your point, coming off of, you know, the accounting season is have some time away from the day to day of your business so that you can refresh. So we call that rejuvenation. But the name of the day is free days. It's days that we take to really restore ourselves and find those golden activities that we can do that will restore ourselves, whether it's a little time alone or getting out on the ski slope if it's winter or taking a nice hike in nature, whatever it might be, being with your family, taking a trip once we can again. <laughs> this was taped during COVID, so <laughs> we haven't been able to do some we of those things. have to be things. more creative. Yeah. And so once we take the free time, then we need to look at what does our productive time look like. And that can be defined by whatever the most valuable time is that you need to bring to your business. And that can be cycling, you know, certainly in this last season, for a lot of our accountants, of course, they're really focusing on, you know, just getting it out there, getting it out there, serving yeah. the clients, 
you know, there's other cycles through the year where they're working through different things, uh, but that becomes their focus. And then we need to have preparation time. So this is all right. built around really an entertainer's model, you know, time mm -hmm. off, season off, you yeah. know, then focusing on what's really important in terms of what we need to focus to win the game and rehearsing, preparing to have time off, free ourselves up and then be able to be more focused. Yeah, no, it's it's been, uh, you know, and the idea of a, a free day being 24 hours, I think most entrepreneurs, most accountants, you know, we're carrying our phones around, oh, yeah. trying to take a break. And yet we're immediately we get that one email that kind of ruins the day or you're you're sort of right back where your mindset was the day before. So the importance of really disconnecting, um, being strategic about that, um, planning your free days. I know we've talked a lot about that, Adrian, how important that is. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh you know, and if you're not your best, if you're not getting recharged, how do you deal with disruption? How do you deal with change? You're, you're, you're going to struggle a little bit more with that. Uh, another, another coach concept we've talked about and you've shared with us in the past is the gap. Yeah. So let's, let's, I, I and I love this one because it forms <laughs> part of your language. You know, oftentimes David will say to me, Tim, you're in the gap, or I'll say, David, you're in the gap. And it just helps us kind of pause and sort of reflect. So talk a little bit about the importance of that, what that means, how understanding that helps clients take the next step to move forward, to stay on, on their path and their vision. Yeah. And I think what you're getting to here is, you know, what are some of the core realigning uh, mindsets and models that we can bring into play that allow us to get our center back, which is kind of how we got into this part of our conversation. And so the invitation to all of our listeners is to really be cognizant of what brings you back to center. You know, and sometimes it's meditating, sometimes it's taking a walk in nature, other times it's how do we tweak our brain to shift? So what we're talking about here uh, is in the gap concept that you brought up here, Tim, is this is a framework of how do we tweak, tweak our brain. So we've talked about Moon Project, we've talked about Aspiring, all 10X. Like, so essentially we're always in play to create the next best, to realize our full potential. And we are always in play, that's the deal. We're always moving towards that target. And what will happen is that we forget to celebrate progress which is another tool in the toolkit of getting ourselves back to center is what have you done lately listeners? And I'm in with you guys, right? What have we done lately to celebrate our progress? Like we have just navigated a mm -hmm. year yeah, of crazy. a global pandemic. And what are we doing to celebrate that? I mean, we've, we've been in it for the long game. And so the importance of reflecting back and celebrating progress, whether it's, you know, today I just had a great conversation with my daughter, you know, and went to another level and I'm going to celebrate that progress. That immediately takes us to a point of centering and out of this constant stretch to the next constant, you know, grind sometimes to what is our next best. And so when we find an equalization or our equilibrium with that, it's really important one of my favorite tools in my toolkit, and I know a lot of our listeners use this as well, is that one of the most powerful in a moment centering is to just come from a place of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't know if you ever use this one, Tim, but as soon as you go back to gratitude, you're not in that gap no. of the next aspirational thing that we haven't measured up to yet. Yeah, where, where you are today and where you want to be and you're frustrated because there's, there's room. Right? There's a gap. Yeah. 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 And there yeah. you go. You, you say, I'm grateful for this. Yeah. And then you're back to center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's such a great, uh, great tool and great concept that you shared with us. Let, let's talk a little bit about your book, um, your, your book, Soul Sense. Uh, you've written a couple of books. This is your latest. Share a little bit about it, why you wrote it, um, what the purpose behind it was. Well, it, it really kind of came into being around the same time as Nexus. Um, so much of our work had been around the moon project and the aspiring part of our model. And if you think of the word soul, and 
the word soul was used widely in my home. My my father was a musician originally before, you know, he had a very big professional career and and didn't really get into music, but he was always really interested in music and it was a big part of our, our conversation. And my mother's favorite artist um, was a, a wonderful singer who had a, a deep, deep soul, Etta James. And so we used to talk about that, you know, soul was a word that was the deepest part of a person expressing themselves and really coming to the core of who they are. And so when I was thinking about inner growth, what would be the deepest word that would represent inner growth? The word that came to me was soul. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's not a word that's been used that much in business, of course. Um, It's been used widely in a lot of different areas. But what my goal here was, and my passion was, the deeper we go, the higher we can fly. The deeper we go, the higher we can fly. And so I wanted to put out a piece where it would open the door for anyone that wanted to really get into it to start to reflect on what is the deepest part of who they are and how can they really delve into that. And so I put a little bit of a model to it, which is what we love to do, you know. Yeah. You gotta name it, right? Uh, And so, you know, really, you know, what is that deepest call that you have um, that allows you to make a contribution? You know, what fuels that, which is your soul fire? And how do you care for yourself ongoing? Uh, But essentially, and and this was the hugest surprise to me, is all my corporate clients are like, we love this, you know, so we're defining the soul, (laughs) like now we define the soul of the business and what's at the core. And that was so unexpected for me. Uh, you never know where it's going to go when you put something like this out. It was probably one yeah. of my most terrifying moments to actually let this go out into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's been fun. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. And I love that, that, you know, everything. A process always helps. Soul call, soul fire, soul care. I love that you're, you're um, you know, it's so easy in business just to focus on results and the vision and what you're trying you know where you're at you kind of get lost in that that it is about people and it is about mirroring their personal lives with their business lives because one doesn't work without the other and so i i know we've gen uh, genuinely appreciated that working with coaches like yourself to put keep that in perspective that you know what is really the purpose of this and um your book does a wonderful job so i'd highly recommend that to to our listeners, um, you can download it on Audible as well, Adrian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I really love, I'm always interested in the books that people are reading. Uh, Strategic Coach has been great with that. As you know, I've been in sessions you've led where we take, uh, you know, 10 minutes and we go around the room with a bunch of business owners and ask what books they're reading. And you always get some amazing gems that come out of there. So I'll ask Adrian, what <laughs> what are you reading? What are some of the what are some of the great books, business books, personal books that uh, that you've uh, found valuable? Wow, I mean, they're so vast. Of course, one of my favorite books of all time, and many of our listeners have probably read it, is *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm. It's been out there for a long time, but especially in difficult times like many of us are navigating right now, it's nice to listen to someone who probably went through one of the most difficult times in history and survived and thrived. And there's so much great philosophy in that book. It's it's always a great read. Another great read for our time is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Uh, It really integrates Stoic philosophy and the importance of uh, what obstacles come in our path and how we can transform those and actually on the mm-hmm. other side of it can be great things. Um, a book I just read is called Breathe, uh, Nestor's book. Yeah, it, I, I read that yeah, one. That, too. It's fantastic. that was a really good one. Uh, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, kind of a theme of your podcast, I would turn to things like Blue Ocean Strategy, um, okay. you know, for, for our accountancy firms to be thinking, you know, yeah, we just got through tax season, now is the time to start thinking, where is the blue ocean? Where could we innovate? So mm-hmm. that might be a really great read. And, and there's also a new uh, Blue Ocean Blueprint book that was written more recently. These are really foundational great books. Um, but the Blue Ocean Strategy really helps with percolating where we want to innovate 
and where we want to go next. So just to name a few. <laughs> well, those are those are great books. Thank you, Adrian, for sharing those. Uh, let, let's talk. Let's bring it back and we'll kind of close off here today. Let's bring it back to your company, Big Futures, and the resources that you have available. Um, let's talk about how our listeners, if they want to get to know you, get to understand what, what your company can provide, what's the best way they can go about doing that? Uh, well, one of the best ways, of course, is visit our website, bigfuturesinc.ca. Uh, it's, um, you know, got lots of different resources. There's some whiteboards on there. There's some video blogs on SoulSense. I, I produce some things there if you're interested in that topic. Um, the whiteboards talk about our corporate work. We do executive coaching, um, work within family, high net worth families that are wanting to, you know, do some of this good work of inner and outer growth that we talked about. So there's a diversity of services, but that's a great way to kind of learn a little bit. Feel free to contact me either on LinkedIn, Adrian Arlen Duffy uh, is uh, my LinkedIn address, and there's some resources there, but you can also reach out to me either through our website and um, also on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to talk to you and uh, love talking about this stuff, and it's been such a joy to be with you, Tim, to share some of what I'm passionate about. And uh, so that's probably the best way. Yeah, no, thanks for that. And I would, again, um, encourage you to reach out to Adrian. She's, she's wonderful. And I know uh -huh. uh, you'll get a chance to just have a, a, a really open conversation with her. And I'm sure there's uh, some great opportunities, whether, as she said, with executive coaching or retreats. That's been probably one of the biggest benefits we've seen in, in some of that facilitation. So I just, uh, I'll, I'll close off by saying thank you so much, Aww. Adrian. I uh, loved uh, our conversation today. I hope our listeners got a lot of value out of it. I'm sure they did. And I really look forward to the next time where we can uh, get together in person. So yes, next time we Calgary hang out. to Edmonton. Yes. Uh, thank and, you. And, uh, and thank you so much. And, you know, just really celebrating all your success as well. And Really appreciate the opportunity to be with you and your listeners today. Thank you, Adrian. Okay. That ends this edition of the Innovative Accountant Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed our time together. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Innovative Accountant Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show and maybe even learned something new. If you're interested in transforming your client experience to create sustainable firm growth, get in touch with us by visiting integratedadvisory.ca to set up your free call with one of our integrated advisory experts. Visit integratedadvisory.ca to schedule your free call today, and we will see you next time right here on the Innovative Accountant Podcast. Production of the podcast is by At Heart Branding Co. and can be found online at atheart.co. That's A-T-H-E-A-R-T dot C-O.